Welcome to Making the Invisible Visible, a podcast from Intelligo Technologies. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Making the Invisible Visible, an Intelligo Technologies podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. And folks, thank you so much for joining us live for this episode right here in the trade show booth. We're very excited to be bringing you some really quality thought leadership today. And before we introduce our guests and get to the main points, I want to make sure to point you in the right direction for more content. So if you'd like uh, some previous broadcasts, other uh, podcasts, videos, blog content, you name it, head to our website, intelligo-technologies.com. Again, intelligo-technologies.com. You can also subscribe to Making the Invisible Visible on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So on today's episode of the show, we're going to be focusing in on some direct action from our healthcare facility operators and offering you some expert advice for choosing and using UVC disinfection systems for your facilities. We're talking in a post-COVID context, right? It's hard to ignore. Most facility operators in healthcare were probably at least familiar with the concept of UVC disinfection pre-COVID, but after the radical shifts in disinfection needs and high patient virality and the toll that COVID took in long-term care facilities uh, across the U.S., we really saw UVC technologies take center stage in healthcare as a useful and necessary tool. Now these enhanced tools are being used in hospitals across the U.S., and they're being deployed in nearly every type of commercial facility. We're talking airports, schools, event venues, uh, hotels, restaurants, and more. Basically, every industry is seeing the value in this kind of disinfection system and strategy. But to bring it back to healthcare, like any medically effective product, choosing and using the right equipment can be a complex and confusing process that you really can't afford to get wrong, right? So where do you start? Here to offer some insights on the subject are our two guests. You've been looking at them the whole time. I've been <laughs> rambling here at you with the introduction, but I'm pleased to welcome these two thought leaders who are going to provide some fabulous context today. We'll start with Christine Gallo. She's CEO of IP Program and Gallo Medical Company. She'll be here to share her unique perspective on why it's been her mission to educate and assist her customers with finding the right equipment, helping write grants for funding, and also implement disinfection systems to reduce the spread of infection in public spaces. Christine, great to have you on. How are you doing? Thanks. Thanks for having me today. Yeah, it's a real pleasure. Absolutely. Absolutely. And of course, welcoming back to the show is Wendy Brady-Walling. She's Global Director of Marketing right here at Intelligo Technologies. She's going to be helping us understand with the conversation why UVC dosimeters are helping make the invisible process of UVC disinfection more visible and more viable across all of these industries so that you can get a a better understanding to uh, recognize and trust the benefits of uh, germicidal ultraviolet light, especially in that healthcare context. Wendy, great to have you back on. How are you? Glad to be here. Great to see you again, Daniel. Yeah, absolutely. It's a real pleasure getting to chat. I'm really looking forward to our conversation today. We've got a lot to break down. I over-prepped questions, so I'm just looking forward to getting into it. Um, but yeah, to start, I want to toss to Christine, since this is your first time here on the program. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to lay the groundwork for why you found yourself on this side of the healthcare industry. I think it offers some valuable perspective. Uh, so with both your companies, both IP Program and Gallo Medical, you've placed yourself in the medical technology manufacturer's market. Uh, specifically with IP, you offer infection prevention, UV-enabled solutions, robotics. Uh, why did this become a passion project and career of yours in the first place? How did you land on this side of the industry? 
Well, before I answer that, okay. I want to say um, we can't talk about healthcare and not thank everybody that's working tirelessly, round the clock, nurses, doctors, first responders. And we just want to thank you. And, you know, all of our content here today is to help you and maybe create um, some more awareness around UV technology. So with that being said, to talk a little bit about how I got into infection prevention, um, I had my own company and I was in the medical industry and my husband was diagnosed with brain cancer and we uh, visited some of the top hospitals in the country, top three hospitals in the country. Wow. And I slept on a cot in ICU for multiple weeks. And the reason that we were... Um, in that position was because he acquired Legionnaire's disease, hospital-acquired pneumonia, and a staph infection, an allergic reaction to an antibiotic, oh. which was to kill the infections. So when I was in that position, I kept thinking to myself, we have to do better. Yeah. I mean, there's other things that we can do. And this is eight years ago. Right. So this is well before COVID. And, you know, there were just things I thought we could change or add to the toolbox to, to help in infection prevention. And that's one of the ways that I became uh, familiar with UV technology and then started to implement that into the product portfolio moving forward. Absolutely. I mean, I, I'm i sorry for you having yes. to go through mm -hmm. that kind of uh, stress and anxiety. And especially, you know, you're already dealing with the one major issue mm -hmm. and then stack on top of that. Will you come into the care facility that you hope this is where it's supposed to be a place of let's work through this. And instead it just compounds the issues, right? I mean, I totally mm -hmm. understand how that would motivate you to, mm -hmm. to build a career out of this. I'm curious how that background has uh, influenced how you approach delivering these solutions to your clients, right? Like how has that defined your, your sort of moral center as well as your strategies mm -hmm. for developing the right products and getting them to the right people? So obviously COVID has changed that trajectory. Definitely. And one of the things that I think the team at IP and Gallo and, and any partner that we have in Telego is that we want to be um, not a vendor, but a partner. How can we help you? How can we write the grant to justify the purchase? Right. How can we find the funding? How can we loan you the equipment? Mm -hmm. How can we get you two pieces of equipment for one? You yeah. know, I'm being, you know, honest. Any, we have been so creative over this period of time. So that philanthropically, we're um, addressing it as well. I mean, this is a global pandemic. This is not the U.S. This is not Dallas, Texas. This is not Tampa, Florida. Mm -hmm. And so we have to find a way to meet the needs to get people healthy and the environment safer. And the way to do that, I think, is to, to have a toolkit of products that can address what we're facing. And I think if you look at it that way, the business comes, the partnerships come, the yeah. right customers come, and we all work together and then we solve problems and, and we create solutions. So yeah. that's really how we've approached our business. That's how Wendy and I became um, involved. We wanted to make sure that the UV equipment was working properly. And yeah. the only way to do that is to use dosimeters. Right. Or the most cost-effective and mm -hmm. effective way to do it is through dosimeters. And so, you know, we include them in the purchase and we help them create a program for when to use the dosimeters and how to use the dosimeters. Yeah. Train the staff on using the dosimeters. So again, like we can sell any kind of technology, but if we're not making sure that it's working, what good does that do? Totally. And we don't create efficacy. So. Yeah, right. And I mean, the fact that you center, um, I mean, basically end user education and mm -hmm. uh, giving them the tools so that, look, you know that when you buy from us, yeah, of course, you're going to get the technology that's top notch, but 
We're also going to give you the full vision for how to implement this and integrate it into your day to day and make sure that you can actually ensure that this was a positive purchase that, I mean, really is patient centric, right? That Correct. You, if you center making sure that this actually has a positive impact on the patient, boom, you know, that's, that's the core goal of it. So, and the yeah. staff. And the it's, staff, it's, of course. It's affecting yeah. the staff and it's affecting, um, how your facility or your hospital is viewed. Right. Um, because you can put signs on the door that say UV technology is being used amongst other technologies. It's, yeah. again, it's creating a portfolio against infection prevention in any sense of the word in technology. Right. Mm -hmm. And we're going to talk about that ecosystem. We're going to talk about some mm -hmm. of those strategies more in depth. What I want to do now is take a step back. And in case we have people in our audience who need a quick refresher, we're going to give the quick refresher on what UVC is, how it actually works, right? So for that quick recap, uh, UVC is part of the ultraviolet light spectrum and is naturally produced by the sun along with UVA and UVB. Uh, that most people are familiar with. So what is, you know, C-type UV? Or what is UVC? How does it differ? And why is this the kind of ultraviolet light that's being integrated into disinfection technology? Right. So UVC is part, is the germicidal um, bandwidth of mm. ultraviolet energy that's produced by the sun. Um, fortunately, because it is very germicidal and um, can eradicate pathogens, it's actually blocked by the Earth's ozone layer. So we are not getting that UVC directly from the sun, which is a good thing for us. <laughs> yeah, right. um, so we have to artificially produce it. So it's a really old technology. It's been in mm -hmm. use for um, over well over 100 years in water disinfection. Um, it's been used in surface and air disinfection very effectively. And it's manufactured by certain types of bulbs that produce this um, band uh, wavelength mm. of 254 nanometers. Um, there's other wavelengths that are successful as well, whether it's um, LED output in 222. Mm -hmm. But today it's in, um, deployed in a variety of different delivery systems where it's autonomous robots, mobile towers, upper air, fixed ceiling. There's all sorts of applications as a green technology, non-chemical way to give you that enhanced disinfection. You mentioned it in your answer here, but UVC is not something that just became relevant because of COVID. However, I think it is important to realize how much COVID did accelerate the adoption of it, or at least normalized. This is an option, it's an accessible option, and it's useful across various industries. So I'm wondering if y'all can give me a little bit of that compare and contrast there, right? Like how would you compare UVC use pre-COVID and post-COVID? And would you say that this has changed some of the dynamics and what your clients are looking for as well as what you can even offer? That's a great question as well, because um, it's interesting. I would have never dreamed that an airport would adopt UVC technology, <laughs> you know, ever, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and not just um, airports, but restaurants, schools, um, gyms. And it's exciting to see that we're creating a healthier environment everywhere. And I say, I've said it a million times, our whole world has become a hospital. You know, we're washing our hands more. We're using disinfection, you know, hand sanitizer. We're, we're talking to our kids about not putting their hands in their mouth, you know, things like that. So right. what's great is UV can adapt to any environment. And we've been able to create products that will adjust to any environment. You know, we have UV um, on the wall that you can hang wall mounted. Mm. So you can put that in pass-throughs at restaurants and you run it at night after you leave. Mm. And you're 
staff loves it, you know, because staffing is an issue right now, correct? So, and then we're using it in long-term care communities. I would have never thought long-term care would embrace it the way they have, but they have because they need to, and it is a relevant choice. I think the studies that are coming out of COVID are amazing, the clinical studies, the data. So we've just progressed, and that's what technology is meant to do, correct? Sure, yeah. You know, even going into an autonomous robot, that was being developed well before COVID. But now we're using it, now we're purchasing it, now we're implementing it office spaces. We want to get people back to work, right? That helps the moms and the dads that are trying to find a place for their children because they have to, you know, so we've got to get everybody back into our regular system. And this is one of the technologies that we can implement. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you you mentioned it again in your answer, but that domino effect between Mm -hmm. normalizing it in healthcare and then, you know, the fact that the pandemic became a touch point everywhere right it's global but even even in that concept of it's happening everywhere it's also happening everywhere at the micro scale right it's in your office it's where you're going out to eat it's where you know it's where you live it's where you get your medical attention and so that sort of i think cross issue um Mm -hmm. validates the use of a technology like this at scale and probably there may not have been another motivating factor to get something like this normalized across all those various industries. And I'm, I'm curious to see how the fact that it now spreads beyond just healthcare uh-huh. will continue to um, find new ways to innovate the solutions uh-huh. and develop, like you said, now we need a wall-mounted one for pass-throughs, right? Like just uh-huh. push the technology in different little directions to fine-tune it for the uh-huh. different use cases. We've seen so much innovation with UVC technology, uh-huh. different applications. Um, I like to say prior to COVID, it was a nice to have. Um, now it's become a need to have. Right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, it does it. UBC does not replace manual cleaning. That will mm-hmm. always be the first line of defense and a priority. But, you know, we're all human beings. We can't clean every single surface and get every mm-hmm. single um, possible problem area. So it really gives you, you know, we're in an age now where we need enhanced disinfection techniques. Yeah. And, you know, um, I think educating, you know, um, healthcare facilities, airports, all these different industries on the um, availability of it, how it works, the safety, the efficiency, the efficacy of it is really important. Um, And Christine's been such a great advocate for her customers of really giving them the best advice, you know, you know, of what's going to fit best in their toolkit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Finding ways to meet them in their financial situation too. I mean, obviously COVID has created a a financial situation that is very difficult for many businesses, schools, you know, airports and, you know, meeting with airports. I mean, they're laying employees off, but, you know, so I think, um, being an advocate for a healthier and safe environment and then utilizing products that can complement that is what's most important. Absolutely. So let's dig in a little deeper into how this is being used in healthcare right now. If you had to give us kind of a, just a quick bullet list of uh, some of the areas in healthcare, the different practices that you're Mm -hmm. really seeing utilize UVC to the best extent, to the fullest extent, which would they be and why? 
So again, prior to COVID, where I saw it most relevant was in the operating rooms, okay. right? While COVID comes along, we shut down operating rooms. So then what? Now we're using it in the patient rooms when they check in, when they check out. Mm-hmm. Um, we're allowing the UV to go into the room prior to the cleaning staff mm-hmm. or the environmental services staff so that when they do enter the room, it has had some disinfection right. to the environment, which is safer for them. Right. Um, we're also seeing it in the dental world. Mm-hmm. You know, we're seeing it in hairdressers. We're seeing it in um, OBGYNs. Um, what, you know, women about to have children, what right. safer, you know, that we have to create an environment for them to feel comfortable. Most recently, we deployed in Moffitt Cancer Center um, and we implemented a dosimeter program with them so that they're using a multitude of UV, but they're also complementing their use with the scimitars to assure that it's working. Right. Because what better environment? This, these are cancer patients. They're coming in for chemo. They're already immune suppressed to begin with. So that was really a pivotal point in how we were able to work with them again as a partner, right. as a partner. So not yeah. just providing the UV, but the accuracy of the products. Um, to assure that it's, it's working. Absolutely. Right. And in that, you know, we met with their facilities, mm-hmm. their operations people, their EVS teams, yeah. and they love the idea of being able, they love the technology, they understand it, they know how to use it, but having that, um, the visual evidence after a successful mm-hmm. disinse- disinfection cycle yeah. is really important to them because they want to make sure that they're doing it right. They have to get it right for the safety and well-being of their patients. Right. So it's it's a, a critical part of the um, process. Yeah, it's not, it's not something to gamble on. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to make sure 100%. I think it also gets into, okay, we're not in a post-COVID world yet. Literally, yeah. Obviously, we've had some escalation mm-hmm. lately. But as we as we transcend out of this, as we navigate out of this, we're going to see compliance. So this will be part of getting them right. used to what is about to become. And, you know, we're, we're, we're gradually implementing into, you know, again, making sure that what they're doing is working. And that's the most important thing. So getting ahead of it, Absolutely. so to speak. A- absolutely. So... Let's talk maybe some potential challenges that you've heard from folks as you try to assist them with your complete packages of uh, you know integrating this technology at scale, right? So as uh, excuse me, as hospital facility operators look to adopt UVC technology for their practice, where do they encounter some of the most confusion or difficulties on you know how do I use this? How do I make it efficable? How do I get the most out of it? How do I make it? Uh, you know, have a tangible ROI, right? What are some of those questions and why do you think they're having them? Understand that we're, we're talking to people that are exhausted. Yeah. Mentally, I mean, physically, spiritually, emotionally. I mean, they are just tapped out. Totally. So we have to, uh, once again, come in with a compassionate um, team. We have to be sensitive to where they are, what might have happened the day before, what's going to happen tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, that's the most important thing. And so our team, I think in our, in our training and our deployment and in, in helping them with compliance, I think it's, it's been very important that we have the right people. Um, and, you know, sometimes I have to change personalities based on where they're going right. because this person may not, you know, our team is just as stressed with what we see as, as what they're doing. So right. that's really important in your partner. Again, go back to that. I'm not a vendor, but a partner and find a company and products that you can team with and, and move forward in your program right. um, and then deploy in that in that mindset. I think that's important. 
Thoughts on that one too? Yeah, no, I agree. I, and that, that's why um, Christine and IP program are such a valuable partner to Intelligo Technologies yeah. because we love um, being responsive to the needs of the marketplace and we want to provide the right tools that help them more successfully implement UVC disinfection in their facilities and build that confidence. So um, it's all it's all about validation and proving it and, be, and being a partner and not just selling someone a product and, and walking away. I know um, Christine's phone rings off the hook because <laughs> she, her partners, you know, her customers call her yeah. and she's always available. Her team's always available to help um, answer questions, go in, retrain, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's all about doing the right thing. Yeah. And the way Intelligo and Gallo really started working together was we were trying to write justifications for grants. And in order to get grants and, and approved, you have to create a validation and a justification process. And her product allows us to outline a program so that those grants can be approved because we can say following the implementation, we will then justify that it works through X, Y, and Z. Right. And we create a preventive maintenance program along with an infection prevention program that they can, it, it allows them to get the grants approved easier. Absolutely. Um, and we're seeing that as, again, we move forward through that compliance uh, navigation. So, <clears throat> excuse me, walk me through uh, some of your education strategies then there, right? Because you mentioned it earlier, what you're providing your, uh, you know, your clients, your colleagues is not just a technology. It is that complete package, often with supplemental technologies like UVC dosimeters, um, but also, like you said, strategic investment in here's how you can maneuver this landscape to make mm -hmm. sure that the people that are going to be asking the questions on, you know, was this worth the investment? You can point to, yes, this was efficable, right? So walk me through those strategies for creating a program with UVC disinfection that facilities can not only follow every day, but follow with ease. So I hate to say it, but I'm very tough on the manufacturers. Mm. You know, we have to give good information and data and good manuals. And, and then it's our job to be the vehicle for that. Right. But I'm very strict and I will engage and disengage as I see fit. And I have already, but I'm, yeah. I'm strict and you yeah. have to be, um, you, you know, it's, our, it's yeah. our credibility. Yeah. Um, and so it's important that we are communicating with them what we see and I communicate. And so I also think that we create a, a personalized and a customized training program to whoever we're delivering to. Right. Do we do it via Zoom? Do we meet them in their parking lot? We have done that wow. because they don't want us to come in. Yeah. That's fine. We will meet you at a hotel. I just demoed equipment in a hotel lobby. Wow. You know, wherever we need to go, we get creative. Why? Because we have to meet them in their need. Mm. That's how we solve the problem. Right. And so we've had to be interesting. No, I like you know? that. Yeah. And sometimes we can't go. Yeah. Simply. Or we're on FaceTime. But again, we're using all kinds of technology and ideas yeah. to deliver. So no, I, I, I like that because it's not, you know, it's not like, hey, well, we're offering you the service you need. So you have to meet us where we're at or mm -hmm. else, you know, we're not going to be able to provide this. I mean, yeah, right. That flexibility. And like, why? Why approach the beginning of that relationship with a weird sense of you have to meet me where I want to be at, right? I mean, like, and of course, it goes back to the empathy you were talking about, understanding who you're speaking with. Like, they may have just dealt with some of the most traumatic uh, events mm -hmm. in their career the day before, and you don't know, right? So, I mean, like, why come at them with some weird energy? It's, yeah. it's in the height of the 
of the, you know, last summer, you know, I've traveled the entire time. I have not ever, <laughs> I've very, I mean, I am somewhere and I was with a CEO of a very large long-term care system and they were emotional. Yeah. I mean, this is a difficult time and they are trying to do their best with what they have. Yeah. And I've said it over and over again, all healthcare is acute right now because we're using whatever options we have to, to take care of our patients. So we have to, we have to realize the, the real difficulty that they're facing and embrace their budget, their personality, their frustration, right. and, and help them get through this, totally. period. Yeah, and some of that frustration, too, are the staffing shortages. Yeah. yeah. So they, um, they have way too much to do, too few people to do it with. So they need the support of partners like IP program to help them find efficiencies in um, disinfecting mm -hmm. their, their facilities. Right. And, you know, that's where UBC is great because you can do it quickly and effectively where you know, maybe you're short a few, um, mm -hmm. you know, some, some of your team members, you just don't have enough. Um, and so there's the worry and concern that you're not doing things right. And with UV, it can really kind of keep you ahead of all the, all the issues that you're dealing with. So, right. So, you know, you mentioned on your end where you want to be strict and where you want to be flexible, right? Mm -hmm. Now, let's say once you've already developed the strategy, you've handed it over to the end users, and now it's time for them to implement this day in and day out. Where do you often recommend areas like you would advise here on these things? You need to be strict about your day-to-day -day use of mm -hmm. this. And also here, you need to be flexible based on your needs and your practice, right? Where's that? How would you define that balance? So first of all, during the sales process, whoever you're working with should understand your environment. Yeah. So we look at floor plans, we look at entrances, exits, where your staff come in, where do your staff leave? Um, how many ORs do you have? You know, what is your disinfection process after a checkout or a check-in? Um, when do your, when are your patients out of the room or in the room? Because think of long-term care, they live there. So are they going to wee bowling on Tuesday nights? And that gives us the option right. to get your staff to go in and disinfect. Um, what are your heavily, um, common areas, what heavily, you know, populated common areas that we might need to disinfect daily. We, I mean, you know, we really sit and have great conversations with them. Right. We also do scopes of work and, um, you know, planning and, um, again, that customized training manual. So let's say their staff gets sick with COVID. The, the, the interim staff will know quickly and effectively how to come in and use the equipment. All of those pieces are very important and you have to sort of put them into a, I call it a cocktail, you know, that you have to get that all straight. So that's how you become valued. Right. Once again, making sure that the equipment works properly and getting what you want in the efficacy. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So let's talk larger strategy now. Um, how do you see UVC fitting into that larger facilities cleaning program and ecosystem? Uh, and you know, when you pitch UVC, is it often pitched as this is better than disinfectants or electrostatic sprayers or et cetera, right? Or is it pitched more as this is to be in conjunction with other cleaning methods and other strategies? It's always in conjunction mm. with and the recommendations of the CDC or or their leadership or their C-suite. You know, we always want to complement. 
not sure. replace. Um, I do like the green effect of it. It's not a chemical. Um, but also, you know, we do have other products that we implement, you know, a hand washing tracking system. And yeah. um, we do have a disinfectant that's all natural. So again, you know, creating products that if people can get better, they will. And if people can stay healthy, they will. Right. That's the whole message behind um, what we choose to do and what we implement and working with the organization to understand that. Definitely. Mm -hmm. And I think different um, enhanced disinfection um, mm -hmm. products um, or solutions work better in certain areas. So one might be a better fit um, somewhere. Mm -hmm. So it's not to say that any any one um, intervention is good or bad. They right. all have their place. I think one great thing that came out of um, what we faced this past year, and I hate to say great, but we we started to create UV closets where we disinfected PPE, masks, oh, gowns, yeah. to help with the demand in that area. And that was all over the New York Times, all over the Washington Post. And what an innovative way to use UV, hanging wall unit or a tower, um, very, very influential into the budget, helping them reuse, right. um, you know, their PPE because we found ourselves trying to find masks and, and anything else. We right. And then the budget to purchase that. So yeah, several compounding, mm -hmm. I don't know, uh, challenges. Yeah. And to, to actually launching those kind of operations at scale. No, I mean, that's, that's incredible. The fact that it can, uh, the technology can be used not only for like the straightforward, mm -hmm. we need to disinfect our spaces, we need to disinfect our tools, mm -hmm. uh, but also find ways to intersect that with other challenges that mm -hmm. these uh, health systems are facing. Back of the ambulance, um, Ooh, you know, yeah. patient transport vehicle. You know, there's just a, an, a plethora of ways that you can use it if you embrace the the product and the technology. Absolutely. So I've got a, a medical, a friend in um, medical sales and at her hospitals that she's working at, they had nine ambulances staged outside because their ER was so overwhelmed oh, wow. and they're transporting um, COVID people. Right. And so, you know, finally, once they get those patients into the ER, how do you, and you have to go pick up somebody else, how do you quickly disinfect that ambulance? So right. um, that's where some of these interventions come in you know, have their, you know, you immediately see, okay, this is why we need it. Um, there, it's not just a, again, like a nice to have, it's a need to have solution. Absolutely. So, you know, I guess to bring in some of those other compounding issues in the conversation, beyond the fact that enhanced disinfection with tools like UVC is a benefit to just general health and safety practices, like you said, it uh, is probably going to be baked into uh, um, standards for compliance for disinfection into the uh, you know the future of healthcare organizations. Do you think that there are other important ROIs that should be considered, um, you know, for decision makers in hospital systems as they look at should we bring a piece of technology like this into our system? Right? Is there anything else that is going to help make to that or help them make that decision? Excuse me. I think it's important to pick products that you can track and yeah. understand if they are being used. So, for example, robotics. You know, in UVD robotics, we're able to know and understand when was it used, where was it used, for how long was it used. We have the capability to run reports and send them to maybe your C-suite every day. I mean, because that's how relevant it is what we're doing right. and. You you know, infection prevention has worked its way up to a very important spot and it's in yeah. the limelight, so to speak. So 
picking equipment that, that you can go long-term with, Mm -hmm. you know, that you're ahead of instead of behind now that we've adapted it and we've, and we've accepted that it is relevant. I think it's important, you know, think about ways to be able to budget it, that you can afford the higher end technology so that you're ahead again of the game instead of, you know, using the plug and play static systems that they're great. I love them and they're relevant, but you know, it's part of your overall deployment to have an army of equipment to use in your EVS um, approach. Yeah. Yeah. And hospitals are always concerned about healthcare acquired infections because if they're too high, mm-hmm. it lowers the reimbursement rate. Mm-hmm. So there's a direct ROI with infection control measures that actually can be measured, monitored, and you're looking at your rates and you can see exactly where you're making a difference with your interventions like UVC. Right. What's what's moving the needle? What's lowering those HAIs? You know, we talk a lot about COVID, as we should, because it's such an issue. That, you know, it's not unfortunately not going away. Mm-hmm. Um, but HAIs have always been um, a problem in healthcare facilities, and and God willing, um, COVID will subside. But HAIs are still always a, a concern. So having these right. tools, just in general, to keep a healthier, safer environment for your staff and patients is critical. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, y'all, we're reaching the end of our conversation here, Uh so I really appreciate all of the insights so far. What I want to do is actually end by intersecting uh, dosimeters, excuse me, dosimeters a little more uh, specifically and actually um, hit y'all with a question from the audience here. So we got a question from Tiana. Tiana asked, is using dosimeters or using multiple dosimeters every cycle to see whether it functions, you know, whether UVC functions as needed, is that a bit wasteful? Are there opportunities for reusability? What is your experience or advice for disinfection fabrics? Sure. So our dosimeters are one-time use only. We don't recommend reusing them. Um, They're great to use in your training and setup when you're first, um, you know, starting out using your UVC equipment to make sure that you're hitting all those key surfaces that, you know, you have your team that comes in and shows you how to use it, but you have to transfer that knowledge to your team members, um, your staff. So you would probably use more dosimeters during that implementation process. Mm -hmm. Um, And then as an ongoing, I think it depends on the facility's um, need and comfort level. But we're also hearing a lot of times that, you know, if like, so say you're rolling a UVC tower into a bathroom. Yeah. And a, it's a patient-occupied room, but you can roll it into the bathroom, shut the door, and there's no um, um, no harm to that patient. Sure. They may say, hey, what are you doing over there? And they're like, oh, it's a UVC disinfection. All they see is a blue, cool, you know, blue light-emitting right. tower, and the staff can show them with a dosimeter it actually worked. This is how we confirmed that it works. So mm-hmm. they're giving that positive reinforcement of we're not just, you know, um, blowing smoke here. It's right. actually doing something. Your bathroom is now disinfected and, you know, mm-hmm. and it, get, it provides comfort to the patient because that's part of the healing process as well. They're Correct. scared. They're worried. They're worried mm-hmm. they're going to get COVID and HIA in that facility. Right. So being able to actually prove to your patients and really to your staff that what you're doing is working is such an important process. But, you know, we're happy to work with any facility through our partners to help them find that best usage, what's going to make sense for them with using dosimeters. I think there's lots of opportunities, but, um, you know, it has to fit their needs. But so probably more at the beginning. And then, you know, you can um, use it on a regular maintenance cycle as IP program puts in a preventative maintenance schedule. (laughs) 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, you know, UVC technology is so powerful, but to your point, I mean, you think about it's a literal light ray and if there is a shadow somewhere and a piece of technology kind of blocked that ray, you need to be able to confirm, did it actually do the job it needed to do or do we need to run the cycle again from a different angle or do we need to have a supplementary cleaning here? And having that confirmation is definitely going to be critical. I mean, in any venue, I think, in any industry, but most importantly in healthcare mm -hmm. where, again... Mm -hmm not doing that could lead to the consequences of an HIA mm -hmm. uh, or otherwise. Yeah. So I agree. It's an ecosystem. It's, you know, a team effort across the industry and also the technology has mm -hmm. got to work together a little bit to really make sure this is uh, effective and efficient and mm -hmm. something that can be long-term implemented. So, yeah. all right. Thank you, Tiana, for that question. And I think with that, we'll go ahead and wrap up our broadcast today. <laughs> so thank you so much to the two of you. Thanks this for was, having us. Of course, this has really been mm -hmm. such a great conversation, getting to pull from y'all's insights and your backgrounds and your vision for how to bring these technologies and strategies to people in thoughtful ways and empathetic ways mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, in ways that build that sort of long-term trust around broader strategies for protecting patients and staff. So mm -hmm. again, I appreciate y'all's time. Thanks just for having for, us. Yeah, of course. And just yeah, for context, you. again, we've been chatting with Christine Gallo, CEO of IP Program and Gallo Medical Company, as well as Wendy Brady-Walling, Global Director of Marketing at Intelligo Technologies. Uh, Christine, if folks want to find out more about either IP or Gallo, how can they get in touch? How can they learn more? IPprogram.info. And then my phone number is on there. <laughs> yeah. Give her a ring, folks. I love it. Yeah, she'll <laughs> answer. She will. I love it. Yeah, thanks. Thanks it, so much. Is there a site for Gallo Medical? Yes, gallomedicalcompany.com. Perfect. Um, same products. Um, and we can assist in any industry. We spent the day with airports yesterday. Nice. So we can help in any way we can. Thanks Perfect. for having us. Of course, mm -hmm. of course. And again, Wendy, if folks want to find out more about how dosimeters are part of this mm -hmm. ecosystem or they maybe want to get in touch with some of your partners like IP or Gallo, mm -hmm. how can they get in touch? Uh, Intelligo-technologies.com. And also our product page is uvcdosimeters.com. So nice. we're really easy to find on just do a Google search, LinkedIn, YouTube, um, pretty much we're everywhere. So Perfect. This has been great, Dan. Straightforward. Thanks, I love it. Yeah, of course. Yeah. This has really been a pleasure. And thank you so much to our listening audience and viewing audience for tuning in to another live episode of Making the Invisible Visible on Intelligo Technologies podcast. If you like what you heard and you saw today, you have some more questions, or you just want to get some more Intelligo thought leadership, head to our website, intelligo-technologies.com. Again, intelligo-technologies.com and subscribe to the audio version of the podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B, and we'll catch you on the next episode of Making the Invisible Visible.